Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 60 Minutes ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. It was boring. People were sleeping. Nobody enjoyed it. There was no good feeling. Three, two, one. This is Regis Philbin. When I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, I listen to Chad. What is wrong with you? Morons. Incompetent. Morons. These people are morons. Up your nose with a rubber hose. I have chlamydia. One billion dollars. God, we sound ridiculous on that. I mean, there's just, there's no denying it. Afternoon, everybody. Chad Hartman. Adam Carter, Dan Cook is back after watching just a well-played crisp ball game by the hometown club yesterday. Good news today, folks, on the Twins. They will not lose today. And Steve Inc. is also here. Let's get right to it. And, and today, for the first hour, I'll actually try to read the right keyword. I'll try to mix it up. This hour's national contest is brought to you locally by Coops. Coops Mustard. This hour's keyword for cash is south. The radio station goes south, noon to three. You're not going north, Adam. You're going, and you go south. 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 Well, that's one of three options. Yes, that's true. Well, but that's kind of the opposite. North. If you do a 180-degree turn, you're going south. Text the keyword to 8 Zero seven eight seven. If you, by mistake, send it to the WCCO text number, you lose your cell phone privileges for one month. So be precise. Yep, we zap it. We zap it. We've got the power. Eight zero seven eight seven. You, you know, you can also do it online. WCCO.com slash cash. Here's why you wouldn't play the game, Carter. You don't want money. 
Right. You're against you're flush. You're against one thousand dollars. That's the only reason for you to not play the game. Know the keyword. You're randomly selected for a phone call, and you know South. You're going to win a grand. Message and data rates apply. Looks like you had something. Did you have something there? Looks like you kind of had that look on your forehead that you were about to add something. A furrowed brow? Furrowed brow. A concerning look? A concerning yeah. glance? Yes. Or is it that you just you have to you have to pee right now and you want to go to the bathroom? <laughs> that makes two of us, yeah, I believe. It, it I, we're both trying to drink more water yes. lately. and um, That's the point, though. You yeah. Watch out the bat. Yeah. Um, and I just had my prostate checked, and it's fine. I know everybody wanted to know that. Nice. You're at an age where you have not had that checked yet, have you? Uh, not uh, just once. Just oh, you did have it once at forty already. Wait, did you? Was it something else? Oh no, no, like the the heavy duty exam. Yeah. Oh yeah. This goes beyond doc. <laughs> well, no, doc. no, I don't. What sort of heavy duty Moon exam River? are you talking about here? I don't, I don't know what doctor you have, but yeah, I mean. The only one I think of, and I had it twice. Oh, the one where you have to like actually cleanse yourself before you drink the liquid. No, and... no, I've not had that one yet. Oh, I've not. I'm, I might be looking forward to that one. Um, <laughs> not too far down the line. It's I'm the lunch hour for gosh. Sake. Yeah, Come well, it's it's a part. I haven't had it yet. I'm I've I've talked to many friends who have, and they really weren't too crazy about it. Uh, what do we got? We got Armin Katan. Armin Katan, excellent. Journalist, he's uh, Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports, CBS News. Uh, we got to get to Real Sports, by the way, because Real Sports is in the news with uh, a court case. I'm going to tell you about Adam uh, Armakatean this time uh, on 60 Minutes, Mothership 60 Minutes about Duke Lacrosse. It was nine years ago where the allegation was made of uh, sexual assault by multiple members of the the Duke lacrosse team. It became a huge story. Remember the attorney, Mike Nifong? I mean, he came out convincing, saying, there's no doubt this took place. What a coincidence, Mr. Nifong was running for office at the time. For people who don't know much about the Durham area, they, they, they probably found out then, but there is a, there's a pretty good racial divide in the town that you have more residents who are African-Americans and more students are whites. And a lot of people felt like this was another racially driven story because the, the woman who was accusing the players, she was African-American. The players were white. In the end, the charges were dropped. Mike Nifong was disbarred. But the Duke, Duke lacrosse coach was the only Duke employee who was fired. They basically told him at some point, Adam, either, you know, you, know, you, you leave – or we're going to fire you, right? And uh, so he lost his job and talks about his remarkable recovery. It was really good, really good work by Armin. John Tevlin is going to join us at 135. We actually had a tape conversation with John, columnist for the Star Tribune on Valerie Sylvie. Valeria Silva. Valeria Silva. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm now thrown off by when I was worried about your health. Larry Silva and it's all the water. I think we got water. I, the exactly, too much water. I think it just tells you if you feel like you need to go to the bathroom, you're distracted. Valeria Silva, who now I think believes uh, she's a college coach, where a contract only matters one way. 
And it, it means she can sign a contract that pays her good money, well over 200000 a year. We call that Adam Carter money. And gets to just as she signed the contract, call the folks in Florida and say, you know what? I'd be a great fit for you. And in the end, she has a very brief press. John will remind you what this called, like press availability. It was something odd where they were like four or five questions. That's it. They left. Yeah. And she said, I'm here. I'm committed. Yep. I've made my choice. I've picked St. Paul. But you know what we don't know? Did they actually just tell Valeria, we're not picking you? Because that happens all the time in college sports also. Fill in your blank. Fill in the blank. Coach A says, I'm here. I'm staying at Arizona State. Well, it turns out Minnesota didn't want to hire him or her. You know, So Valeria and John Tevlin's thoughts on that in a little bit. I'm sure we'll get to Barway. And with the, uh, the formality of charges at 2 o'clock, you said, that's what we're yes. expecting. Uh, we're trying to get one guest on multiple police matters, including Tulsa, because I'm still fired up about that story. The individual who's in the plane, but not in the seat, and is doing this. Hello? Hello? Yeah, knocking. We'll get to that story, because I'm not sure that would help Adam much. The chess grandmaster and cheating, switching seats, and another one, dementia, nursing homes, and sex. We're going to get to that one later in the show. But Minneapolis and the rogue gallery of dangerous dogs, that's next. And right now we'll talk to the folks at TV. Come back with more here on WCCO. Broadcasting live from the Lando Lake studio and streaming live at WCCO.com. This is News Radio 830 WCCO. Armacatan on some fallout related to the Duke lacrosse story some nine years ago. This one uh, popped up late last week. It's kind of our speed, don't you think, Adam? You know, you you see it in the paper, and then we try to get to it five, six days later. That's that's pretty apropos. Yeah. Uh, an update. What happened? To, who won the U.S. Open? <laughs> in in 2012. Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to track down who won the 2012 presidential election. We're, we're, we're hearing it's leaning Romney right now. We're trying to find out the final results. This is a strip story. An update of Minneapolis interactive deb- database of serious four-legged offenders shows that nearly 40 dogs around the city are officially classified as dangerous. The city has this map of the dogs that have run into trouble by biting people or other animals. It provides the home address and the rap sheet of each dog along with a photo. The dogs on the list reside in a variety of neighborhoods. Minneapolis has long maintained a list of dangerous pets, but in recent recent years has begun to include the information on a map. Dogs are sometimes listed as potentially dangerous before they join the dangerous list. Uh, An administrative analyst with the city's animal care and animal control department said dogs can end up with a lower classification for minor bites or acting aggressively. So what are you supposed to do 
let's say today the two of us finish up. Okay, I finish up my show, and you're taking a half day, Carter. And we've decided it's a, it's a beautiful day. Take a stroll. We want the two of us take a stroll. Hand and we're in gonna, hand. Hand in hand, arm in arm, whatever it might be. And we're going to go around Lake Calhoun. Right, beautiful place. Sure. Lake Calhoun. And then we might go through some of the posh and Tony neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Two of us are thinking about buying a house together. Yep. Moving our families all in together. Do we bring the map with us? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, what's the point of this? I mean, I know well, we have. You have it on your phone. I mean, I, I, would there be some alert you could uh, sign up for? Like, so you're jogging and suddenly your phone starts to vibrate. Dog alert. There's you're a dog near, near you. You're near the dog? <laughs> I mean, I know the Papa Bear is not here. I know Kyle would, you know. Get down face Get down on his the... knees and just, I'm with you, brother. Yeah. You, you, be yourself. I trust you. Two of us would be sprinting at well, not a very fast speed. No. So maybe even sprinting is not even appropriate. I'd probably try to push you down. Yeah, my one goal would be beat you. Yeah. And I, I'm picking you right now. I, you're, you're the faster one. I know we have maps on a more serious situation for sex offenders, yep. right? I get that, but I don't and – I, and I think towns uh, haven't been aggressive enough in charging the owners, Okay. You have a dog, and you have not kept the dog on a leash, fenced in. Uh, you've been warned, and you don't do something. You need to face serious punishment, and I mean serious punishment. But if we now have, have put these dogs uh, as dangerous dogs, if they're so dangerous, is it time now for the city to say, uh, you need to do something about your dog more than just – we're going to classify your dog as dangerous. How am I going to feel all of a sudden I'm, I'm there, the two of us, you're back in the car, I'm still walking, I, I take the wrong turn. Give me a vicious dog name. Cujo. Butch. Butch. Cujo. Steve Inc., give me a vicious dog. When you think of this dog name, you think I'm in deep, deep trouble. I think of a dog named Jake. Jake. That's kind of a tough. Yeah. It's a real one. No, not to me is the friendly yellow lab who curls up by your feet by the fire. Dan Cook. I mean, I, Cujo, I went old school. Jake? Sadly, I do know of somebody that once named their dog Satan. So I think if you found out that was the name yeah, of the that, dog. I think, that's, I think that's the winner. Killer? Right? Killer? <laughs> Satan? Killer? Killer is coming at me. What am I supposed to say? I know you're dangerous. Leave me alone. I, I mean, what's the point? Is, is this just a, You don't want another mark on your record. <laughs> exactly. You're in trouble. I mean, is this just the city trying to look good? I don't know. I mean, it's problematic in a couple of ways. That, like you point out, okay, at what point, you know, does your dog become too dangerous where, you know, marking it, I mean, what good is that going to do? I, and second of all, I mean, at what point does your dog even make the list? I mean, I'm afraid that... Yeah. I mean, what constant... Is it automatically a bite, or is it a vicious, aggressive bark? Well, let me go back to the story. Dogs can end up with the lower classification for minor bites or acting aggressively. Owners are required to follow specific rules like keeping a muzzle on the dog and using a three-foot leash. I mean, I guess coming up with the exact policy is the devil's in the details. 
Satan is in the details. Going, <laughs> going back to Dan's friend's dog, Satan. That's that's a tough name. I got, yeah, it's tough to overcome. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're the mailman, and by the way, all you mailmen are in my doghouse, okay? They're the, fine, hardworking. Well, Americans. no, they're not. No, I'm, I'm blaming all of you. I mean, the, the oldest boy wants some Murray's garlic toast. That's what he wanted for his 20. So I went and saw Tim Murray. Murray's garlic toast, and then... What was the former producer's name? Janet? Something like whatever her name yeah. was. She gave me the shirt that said the uh, Marshawn Lynch line. I'm only here so I won't get fined. I sent the kid that and a couple other things. Paid for the overnight to Purdue. Can't find it. Still hasn't shown up? Has not shown up. I think a roommate got that one. Ten days. No. He's Han Solo. He's but maybe somebody else in the building or something saw that smelled the I bl- yeah you know, they're good. succulent aroma. What do you have to say about your post office people, Cook? I blame them I, all for that. I'm sure you probably do, but you have no evidence that this is directly their fault. I think Adam's on to something. Yeah, I, think I think somebody pilfered this package, yes. and you're blaming the wrong people. I went there. I paid thirty one dollars, thirty one dollars to get the uh, the the Murray's garlic toast, which is oh. it, it, if if you. Offered up your, and we're going to do this one of these days. Even without Dara, we'll do it. Your top 10 definitive Minnesota foods. Murray's Garlic Toast is absolutely in the top 10. Are you, wait a second, are you waffling a little bit there on top 10? No, I'm just. Again, I'm trying to judge that for a brow. Quintessential 10 Minnesota foods. I mean, you're, there's a lot of. Man, I'll tell you what. Do they have to be good? Yes. Okay. Well, don't angster, don't they got to be good for sure? I'm just good, saying, like, you know, like, walleye at Grand Tavern. He's Ooh, trying to cross off like lefts or yeah, or no, yeah. no lefts is good. Lutefisk. Ah, that's, oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't feed the dangerous dogs. Yeah. Lutefisk. I've had it twice. Oh. First time I liked it. Second time it was oh, oh man, it was bad choice. It's horrendous. I and I'm Norwegian. Well, you got you got some other demons though too. You know, <laughs> that's the name of my dog, by the way. Demons. Demon. <laughs> Demon. That would be pretty good. I just, I don't know what to do with these dogs. Cook, what would you do? What, what would you do with this map? Well, I, I think you hit on it. I think this is the city trying to say, hey, look, we did something yeah. without actually doing anything. You can't I mean, sue us. The only practical use of this is if you were living in a neighborhood and maybe you didn't know that down the street lived, you know, Satan or something. And, yeah. And you have kids, and now all of a sudden you're being a little bit more careful about where you let your kids go. Yeah. I mean, maybe well, that, but that's well, a stretch. Okay, so let's say, Adam, you move, you and Heidi and the girls move, and you find a beautiful place in Minneapolis, and it turns out next door is one of the dangerous dogs. Satan is living right next door to you. What do you do? Well, that's a good question. I you mean, just bought would... this beautiful house. You'd like to know before you bought the house. I mean, certainly that would play a role. I mean, if there's a dangerous dog living it would. next door, if I've got a four-year-old girl who yes. outside to play. Right. I mean, because I, I was taking a walk in town the other day, and here's this dog. I think it was a pit bull. In this fenced yard, on a leash, the dog starts barking because somebody's approaching the front of the house. The dog just leaps over the fence. Really? Ah, and it's still then it hits wow. the end of the leash. Luckily, it was on a leash, too, but I'm just like... Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's that's a scary situation, right? I, and it's a house, right? Yeah. You know, it's not like you said, okay, we'll just move somewhere else. That's not that easy, no, right? And, and that could cause a lot of problems. Yeah, obviously, people are close to their animals. Yeah, uh, so, 
Somebody saying a dog named Sid could be could be pretty good dangerous. Dog, yeah, that is a good name. Uh, not now. Now he's now he's you know we go back five ten years. Then he was uh, more of an unruly sort of feisty dog. Thirty three past twelve. Traffic, weather, and then Armacutan on the sixty minutes report, which detailed what has happened with the Duke lacrosse coach Armin. Less than five on CCM. You're listening to Chad Hartman, weekdays noon to 3 on News Radio 830 WCCO. Number of times on the the, uh, show, we've been fortunate enough to chat with Arma Katan, excellent journalist, covered so many different stories in and outside the sports world, and he had a really good story on 60 Minutes. It was actually an excellent 60 Minutes overall on Caroline Kennedy, uh, one segment, and on the hacking situation post-Sony, post-interview, but Armin, Look back at the Duke lacrosse story. You think about how large that story was, especially in Durham, in the city, and on campus, and really in the entire country. What took place nine years ago, and then the one individual who, on the professional side, was hit the hardest, the coach of the team. And Armin is good enough to join us on the Rector's Warehouse Newsmaker Hotline. A pleasure, sir. So on a story like this, what what intrigued you about reaching out to the coach again. It's it's a great opportunity to have, you know, the 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 landscape within 60 minutes so it it can be sports, it doesn't have to be sports. Why did you think this was a compelling story? Well, in my mind, Chad, I just it had the all the look and feel of a of a morality tale and you know, as you well know, we we go from one media firestorm to another and a lot of times the the program or the person or um, the entity just gets wiped out. Yes. And I had, I had thought about um, Mike and something crossed my path and I, it triggered something in my head and I, I reached out to him and it took about three months for Mike to finally agree to sit down and, and, and do the interview. Um, he was, as you could well imagine, uh, speaking of scorched earth, he had been yes. burned badly by what had happened to Duke and did not have and does not have to this day a lot of trust in the media. So I think to cer- certainly to some degree my reputation over time played into it and also 60 Minutes that he knew he was going to get a very fair and open shake to um, to tell his story and for our purposes, it was really, it worked on so many different levels and it was a multi-layered story that not only dealt with the, what had happened to the, to the kids and the wrong accusations, but the, the intersection of, of politics and race and Mm -hmm. sex and, um, you know, all those things, privilege that all go together and went together in Duke. Let's talk about Mike Nifong. He's the turning. When, when this allegation comes up, he is in the midst of an election, as you pointed out in the story, and, and I think some people don't realize this, in, in the city itself, away from campus, there is a large population that is African-American, 
it's it's very different on campus. It's not to say that you don't have African Americans on campus, but when we're talking about the numbers, the percentages, it's not the same. Here you had a woman who's African American, players are white, Nifong is involved in, in a race. And I mean Armin, he came out so quickly, so decisively, so authoritatively. There's no doubt that these individuals did it and I'm gonna pursue them. Uh it, it's really remarkable how quickly yeah. he did this without the evidence to back it up. I think it's despicable, frankly, yeah, you're right. what he did. And he it was his personal agenda. I know from talking to people down there that in that tight election campaign, and you're so right, Chad, that Duke is an island unto itself inside of the Durham community there. Right. And there had been long-simmering racial tensions between the school and the privilege of the students and the the African-American community there in general. And Nifong repeatedly played to those to those tensions and, and played the race card with without even um, considering for, for a minute um, what the other side, um, the fact that they had all taken DNA tests, 46 of them, and there wasn't a single shred of evidence of any kind of DNA um, a match whatsoever. He just, he played to the media um, morning, noon, and night, and at the expense of those, of those athletes and those players' lives, and certainly the life uh, and the career at the time of Mike Pressler. And, you know, as we said in the piece, Mike was given a, a very clear choice by the athletic director at the time. Um, he, could, he could cut the players loose, the three players that were um, invited and involved, or um, he could resign. And Mike, to his everlasting and ever-loving credit, um, showed the loyalty to those players that the university did not show to Mike. In any way <clears throat> was Mike, and Mike was remarkably loyal, but at some point, Armin, could we make the point that he was blindly loyal, or, or did he do enough himself to try to trust, trust that the players were telling him the truth, not what he wanted to hear because he had recruited these kids, he was with them all the time, and in the end, he was right. They they went through hell, and, and their lives really never be the same. But was this a coach who was just saying, "I know these guys. You were wrong. I'm sticking with them." No, I think it was the exact opposite. Look, these were not choir boys. They had a reputation yeah. as hard partiers on campus, and they had more than their fair share of incidents. But that does not make a rape case. No. Um, and Mike clearly, when he found out. He went to the captains first, his four captains, and he, he looked them all straight in the eye and said, did this happen? And he said, I could tell right away from their, their reaction and their astonishment that it didn't happen. And when you know the players and you know um, the, the kind of people that you're recruiting, um, he stood by them. And when you watch him and you understand um, he, is, he is, of all the coaches <clears throat> I've been around and I'm I would put him in the category of Belichick and Saban for his complete unfiltered honesty with his players. If you're not playing well, you're going to know it. If you're not um, living up to his expectations, you're going to know it. If you're playing um, like the kind of champion that he's looking for, you're going to know it. So he understood his players. I think he understands them as well as any coach I've ever been around. And 
So that's what made it so powerful is he wasn't doing it um, for any other reason than I think what was the, uh, the real integrity of the man. And in, in the end, it turned out that he was right. But the hell that he went through, yeah. losing his job, his family, um, and people, and reporters, and everybody else living on his front lawn, um, the, the, the words that were said and the signs that were left on his lawn, you just, I, that's another thing that we wanted to do and I wanted to do in this piece. Um, and my producer, Coleman Cowan, was remind people what it was like, because I think sometimes we forget. And when the next one of these things comes around, exactly, maybe um, we'll slow down the train a little bit before we run everybody off the road. And um, that's another reason I think, you know, Jeff Fager, who runs 60 Minutes, just loved this story because it's a big story. It makes a big statement beyond Mike Pressler. And that's, that's what I love about the show is, is we have that capacity and capability to do that. And Armin, I, I I hope more people show the perspective that you just offered up. But but cynically, I think in 2015 it's even worse. And oh, now it is worse. And now that we have so many outlets through social media to come up with the hard and fast conclusions, you know, the, the, there can be brilliance about it. Look look at the video and what took place last week in South Carolina, and where that story might be with uh, the police shooting without the video. But there are just so many other stories where something happens and people forget if 10 days later he or she or they are exonerated because the opinion is so firm and fast. And so many people feel like I've got to have the hot take. I've got to have the definitive view. And we've decided this person is deplorable. He's guilty. And we've got to throw him out there to the public's wolves. I think you're absolutely right. If you if you think about it in terms of bricks and a wall. I mean, you could have, in a in a wall, you could have 100 bricks that are standing firm and saying, you know what, we're not going to run this, even though there's enormous pressure on the back of that wall pushing against those bricks. But sooner or later, and more often than not now, it is sooner. It's right away. Yes. Those bricks are popping off because somebody wants to get on television. Somebody wants to have a take. Somebody wants to make a name for themselves. Somebody wants to be as... Um, out there as and as quickly as possible with little or no information to back um, their opinion. Um, and, and it's frightening to me at times. It really is. I grew up in an entirely different age um, of journalism, um, starting with Woodward and Bernstein and working my way through SI and World News Tonight with Peter Jennings and Ted Koppel. And, you know, the, the kind of care that we would take with these stories um, you know, it was it was amazing, and it was it was the right thing to yes. do. Now I look at this thing, and it can go ballistic so fast, and the pressure to keep up with that, and the pressure to to be out front of it is um, is scary in a lot of ways, and it's not good for our profession. But two minutes left. Tell people where Mike is at right now, the success he's had, yeah. and if anybody from Duke is ever willing to step up and say we were wrong. We treated him. Well, let me, so, let me start with a second one first. Yeah. No one, to my knowledge, has ever offered a, a, a direct personal apology to Mike Pressler for what had happened, which is stunning to me in, in many ways. The beauty of the story was the second half of it, that Mike found a home at Bryant University in Smithfield, Rhode Island, thanks to uh, the athletic director there, Bill Smith, and Ron Makeley, who's the president, he did something that few did. They they searched for the truth, and they found a guy 
and he has turned a Division II afterthought um, into a legitimate top 20 Division I program that last year knocked off Syracuse, an 11-time national champion and the number two seed in the tournament. Um, in the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament and what was called the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA lacrosse tournament. So he is he's back on top, so to speak. He's got a great program at Bryant. It's a wonderful school. And he has stayed there, which is a great ending to the piece. His loyalty to Bryant at a time when many other schools now have, have come after him to revive these elite lacrosse programs. <clears throat> like I said, I could never do that because of what happened in the spring of 06, where in the summer of 06, where Bryant stayed with me at a time when or came to me yeah. and believed in me when nobody else did. Great job, job as always, sir. Really was an interesting piece to watch, and I, and I thank you for coming on. Uh, my pleasure, Chad. I always like doing the show. Thank you so much. Armin Katan, it is a must-watch. Find it, 60 Minutes. It, it really is a great and tragic. It's both. It's great to see how he's put his life together. And the success he's had, it's tragic to see what happened so quickly and the uh, the rush to conclusion so many people had, including his bosses, by the way. 1251, time to search for custom replacement windows. Search Wellington Home Improvements. We have a winner this hour in Keyword for Cash. We'll hear from the winner when we come back. You heard those billionaire soccer team owners wrong. Yeah, they said they were going to use their own money for a stadium. But they didn't say they weren't going to use yours. This is John Williams. We're talking about that today at 3. Live from the Land O'Lakes studios on News Radio 830 WCCO. If you doubt us, Margaret from Minnetonka is going to back up the idea that if you pay attention to keyword for cash, good things can happen. Margaret, congratulations. Tell people what's taking place here the last uh, 45 minutes or so. I won, Chad. I'm so excited. Very nice. So uh, have you played a number of times? Many, many times. And the time you ran it before, many, many times. Many times, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you, you, you pitch in this time. South was the word, correct? That's correct. Everything's going south, you said. Everything's going south. <laughs> but no, it did not go south. How quickly did you get the phone call? I would say within 10 minutes. That, that was really surprised me. Nice. Now, do you have any definitive plans for how you're going to spend the money? I absolutely do. This is an answer to prayer. My daughter is coming home. We're flying her home in August for three weeks with my two grandchildren, and we needed some financial help. (laughs) That is fantastic. And Steve Inc. tells me that you're going to give half to those of us here on the show. I think that's a really nice gesture. (laughs) I think he's got that wrong. You have to show that to me on recording. (laughs) Was it three quarters of the money? I mean, mean, if you want to, I I mean, no. Hey, Margaret, tell everybody what's your favorite radio station. WCCO. Thank you, Margaret. Congratulations. My kids kids will back that up. They tease me all the time. Mom, you're always listening to the radio. That's exactly right. You get them to listen also. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You can win next hour also. If you like 60 Minutes, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you a fan of 60 Minutes? You can represent the most watched series on television with shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and more at ParamountShop.com. 
You can take 20% off with code MINUTES20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 60 Minutes products with code MINUTES20 at ParamountShop.com. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.